Welcome back to another episode of Comedy's Dead. I'm Sandra. In case you didn't know, this is a podcast. It's a comedies podcast called Comedy's Dead because... Well, comedy's kind of dead, you know, and it's because the people are just brain dead zombies. And, you know, it's can you really blame them anymore? Things are so boring and out of control at the same time, which is weird because I don't think humans we weren't we weren't designed. We didn't evolve to be bored with life while at the same time being completely stressed out because you know, nobody, nobody's really in charge. I, uh, I, I've had the week from hell, okay? I just had my credit card, debit card, whatever, all of that stuff stolen. And this is the third time this year it has happened, okay? So I'm really getting sick of it. And yes, I realize it's basically a victimless crime or whatever. I mean, it is, but it is a huge pain in the ass. I don't know if any of you listening have ever had your information stolen, but it sucks. I mean, you have to, you you have to update everything. None of your stuff goes through. It's just a pain in the ass. And I'm just over it. I'm over all of it. I'm over all technology. Um, I mean, I had it today before I sat down to do this, I was trying to take my notes and upload it. I was going to send an email so I could open it on my laptop. And I I got the Apple will of death because for some odd reason, Microsoft was doing something. I don't know. It's always Microsoft. All right. That is the problem. You would think with all the money that these douchebags have that, you know, they would be able to design better programs, but they don't. So, and we're just stuck with it. So I'm really in a bad mood. Okay. And to make everything else worse, I also work at Amazon, so if anybody knows where Jeff Bezos lives, please let me know. Um, anyways, I, I just, you know, I listen, I am not a very calm person to begin with. I'm just not. I mean, I am if, you know, I, I, I'm in my routine and no one's bothering me and I'm not interrupted and I get to do all the things that I need to do in my day so I can you know, mess around and write this stuff. But, you know, there's just too much going on and sometimes I don't get to. So it's very frustrating. And I know people tell me I should talk to a therapist. And listen, I don't believe in therapy. I mean, for some people I do, but not for me. I can't even be honest with myself. You think I'm going to be honest with a therapist? I'm sorry, okay? I just don't have time for that. That's for some people, not people like me. But I did take the opportunity to download an app, one of those apps that are supposed to calm you down and help you sleep at night. And and listen, I'm also sick of apps too, because that is how all of our information is stolen. It's usually through an app when you don't keep your phone, the passcode on, and because I'm busy and sometimes things don't work and I have to, you know, I have to you know, download something from my phone under my computer so I can email it to my laptop. And, you know, it's a pain in the ass. So sometimes I just take the passcode off so I don't have to, like, put it in sideways because I can't see and I'm staring into a ring light, okay? So I'm stressed out. So I downloaded the damn Calm app. I don't know if any of you have had the chance to download that app, but don't. It is a waste of your time. 
it wanted me to imagine a beach house with the waves crashing, you know, up on the shore to help you fall asleep. And I'm sorry, but how is imagining a beach house that I am never going to get to experience in real life supposed to calm me down and put me to sleep? I mean, it makes me want to go burn down someone's vacation home. So if anyone knows where Jeff Bezos lives, please let me know because I, I just, listen, I just got in trouble at work for my rate. Okay. And it's Amazon. So really you don't get into trouble. Okay. I mean, for first off, it's just cheap labor, but I, you know, I, I get paid. Okay. I've gotten plenty of raises now. And it, it's a, it's not the worst job, but it's, it's not good. Okay. And it just works with my schedule and I get to pick my schedule and I get to work part time so I can do this and not, you know, just peace out because life sucks. But anyways, um, I don't, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but it allows me to do comedy. Okay. Anyways. And uh, I, I, it's weird because I can't really talk about it because I don't want to get in trouble because if I lose the job, then I'll have to get a real job and I won't be able to do comedy and things will really, the shit's going to hit the fan. But, you know, I've reached that point in my life where I just don't care. So anyways, pretty much Amazon runs on immigrants and refugees. I mean, it's cheap labor and there's so many people that, you know, want to come to America. So it's, it's basically immigrants and refugees. Okay. So you really don't get in trouble for your rates. I mean, they'll warn you. So if you get fired, you really, you deserved it. Okay. Like, come on. It's not, you just have to like pick and not sit in the bathroom or stare at your phone. Um, and sometimes that is hard because it is very mind numbing. You don't have to think and it really depletes your dopamine. It just kills it. I mean, I've been there for over three years, maybe even going on four years now. And it's, yeah, it really does a toll on your mental health. But anyways, I got a little message on my little scanner and I said I needed to come down to talk about my rate. And so I'm walking downstairs and as I'm walking, like I'm turning the corner to go talk to my supervisor about, and it's the same lecture every time. It's just like, you have to pick up your rate. And um, there's a line of people waiting for the prayer rug, you know, like Muslims and Islam, like you pray three times a day. There is a line of like 12 to 15 people deep waiting to get on their knees on a rug and pray. And listen, I, I have, I am, I'm pro freedom of religion. I personally am an atheist. So, but I don't, I, I think everyone has a right to worship whatever God they want, but, and, and I think you have a right to go pray to your God during your work hours, I guess. I don't, it doesn't affect me. So I really don't care. I just know that I'm an American girl and I am not going to be picking faster for the shit money that I make. So shareholders, you know, their stock prices won't drop while there is a line for people to get on the prayer rug. Uh Uh-uh. Sorry, not happening, assholes. So uh, that just really pissed me off. And I don't know what the hell is going on at Amazon, but there's, like I said, it's all immigrants and refugees. And some of them come from literally villages, okay? 
and it's sad and I don't I don't care. I'm not speaking badly about it. I'm just letting you know how destitute some of these people are. It's it's really sad. And they'll write stuff on the boxes like Jesus loves you and Jesus saves and Jesus they love Jesus. They love Jesus, okay? And some people will come by and they'll scratch it out and they'll write fuck Christians. And that just seems a little aggressive to me, but I don't know what's going on because sometimes even within like the people that love Jesus and the uh, they, they write like pro-gay stuff and anti-gay stuff. It gets really weird in there, folks. But anyways, and I took a picture because I, I'll post it. I'll do my best to post it. But somebody, this was, this was stuff that they were writing on the box. And then somebody on the box next to one of the boxes that had all this Jesus and, you know, screw the Christian, you know, rhetoric on the boxes. They, 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 it was so funny. They wrote, suck Satan's cock. And they drew a big dick. Like a huge, it was a huge dick. It took up the whole entire box. And I was just thinking, why, why don't they do this on Twitter? Isn't this what Twitter's for? I mean, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna doodle your life away, I'm gonna at least try to trend or something. I don't know what's going on, but we get like new batches of immigrants in. I don't know. Every two weeks, we get a new batch in. I don't know where they come from. They come from all over. And this new batch, this recent batch, some of them are missing a hand. There were like three or four of them. They were missing a hand. And I, all I want to do is complain about working at Amazon because I'm a comic and that's kind of what comics do is complain, basically. And, you know, you see that and then I feel bad. I'm like, oh God, how can I go complain about my life when these, I don't know, refugees are walking around with only one hand. So, I mean, they would have to scan the box. Then they would have to put the scanner down. They're going to have to open the box and like dig through with one hand. So, I, you, just, you just feel bad. But I was thinking, you know what? Listen, I cannot let guilt mess with my mind because I know they have one hand. But you know what? Black doesn't crack. It doesn't, folks. I know it. Black doesn't crack. Okay, let's be honest. We can talk about honesty here on my podcast. Okay, if you can't handle reality, then this is not the podcast for you. So, anyways, that's yeah. And if you're gonna be in the entertainment business, that wrinkles are bad. So, I mean, have you seen Oprah recently? I mean, she looks younger than I do. I mean, I, I know she's older than me because I was a kid when she was on TV and she looks amazing. So I don't know what is going on. I don't know what her and Gail King are doing with all those schoolgirls in Africa. But I am starting to think that they are harvesting virgin blood. I'm, if you have, you, have you seen them recently? They are, they look better now than they did when they first started. How is that even possible? And I saw them, they were on Twitter today because they went to go see a Beyonce concert. And holy shit, Beyonce looks like she's 17. So what is going on? I know they are harvesting virgin blood at those African schools that Oprah runs. That is the only that's that's the only thing that could be going on. And I don't I don't have any problem with it. I just want in. I want in on the deal. Seriously, like help me out, please, somebody. I mean, that's all. That's my dream is to be a teenager. You're allowed to fuck. That's what I want. I mean, I I don't care how we decorate the house. I don't I don't want to be in charge of the bills. Just give me an allowance and tell me when to be home. Okay. so 
I will. I went in. I mean, if you need someone to, to kill the virgins, I'll do it. I'll get their blood. I just went in on the deal. I want what they're on. So anyways, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm, I've had a bad week and yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on guys. I just know that America is going to hell. It really is. And that, here's the thing, guys. You, it doesn't matter if you're politically affiliated with any party or not, or, you know, if, if you're a pro-Trumper or never-Trumper or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think all Americans right now can agree that America is on. And actually, it's not even just America. The whole entire damn world is screwed, okay? I mean, guys, I just read an article about how California just passed new legislation. Stay with me, folks, here. I don't, I don't have my notes because Microsoft screwed everything up. But anyways, I, uh, they just passed legislation stating that no kids, no students in the state of California for public school. I don't know about private school. I, it didn't specify. But um, no students are going to be allowed to take algebra in eighth grade. It's completely eliminated. And the reasoning is because the people in the state of California who's in charge of education have decided that since there is an underrepresentation of minority students, and in the article it said black and brown. Um, you know what? I, I They're not a box of crowns, okay? So they're just minority. They're, they're poor. Let's cut this shit. They're poor, okay? That's what it is. But anyways, because there's a lower um, representation of, you know, the black and brown kids and the algebra classes in eighth grade, the state of California said the way to keep things equitable in the state is to totally eliminate all algebra classes for all eighth graders, so I, I don't know who was in charge of drafting this bill or how it got passed, but uh, whoever did this doesn't know anything about math. I mean, they don't understand fifth grade math, okay? Because listen, there were black and brown students in algebra in eighth grade. There just wasn't a bunch of them. So now that they're not even going to be able to take algebra in eighth grade. I mean, that's that's California's solution. Since they don't have the numbers of black and brown students that they would like to see in algebra in eighth grade, the solution is to make it so nobody, even the students, the minority students that they're concerned about, that they want to see higher numbers, you know, in those classes can no longer take algebra in eighth grade. Okay? So um, shouldn't the focus be Instead of eliminating the classes for everyone, the focus should be on the black and brown students that you want to see higher numbers in the eighth grade classes. You should be focusing on them and making sure that they make it all the way through calculus in high school. Because if they do that, then, you know, that means they're probably going to have a pretty good life. They're going to get a really good job. They're going to get a, a good mate who's probably just as smart as they are in math because they're going to be going to like probably a pretty good college if you were making it through calculus. So, you know, then they're going to have kids 
Well, unless California doesn't sterilize them because it's California and, you know, they know how that is. But that's for a different podcast. All right. I don't want to get into that. I'm here for parents' rights. I think people should mind their own damn business and the parents can do what they want with their kids, guys. Okay. But anyways, I don't know what's going on in California, but they don't understand math because if you wanted more black and brown students and algebra classes, then you would be fostering the ones that were already in algebra. So they made it all the way through calculus. That way, when they got a job and got married and they, they had kids, their kids would probably follow in their same footsteps because that's usually how life works. So then all those kids, two, three, one, I don't know how many they have. You know, the sky is the limit. Who knows? So those kids would probably end up in algebra in eighth grade like their parents. So now you're it's it's totally ass backwards. It makes no sense. And now the kids that in order for the minority students to make it through calculus, now they're gonna have to double up in high school with algebra two and geometry. So if what California, if, if you believe what California says about minority students somehow being culturally disadvantaged in math, if you believe that, which I don't, I think it's totally bullshit, but if you believe that, then it's going to be even harder for them to double up in algebra two and geometry. That way they can make it to calculus or even really to trig. So, by this legislation, you're completely canceling the minority students out of calculus and out of all the advanced classes totally. So it makes zero sense. I don't know what's going on, but it's not good. But then again, it's California. And really, do you need to know how to do math to live in California? You don't. I mean, you don't need to know how to do math to live in a tent and shoot fentanyl. The only thing you need to know is which black line on the needle is too much. And you know what? You don't even need to know that much because all the, what are those things called? The harm reduction sites, they'll do it for you. You don't even need to know how much is too much to shoot into your arm or they shoot their feet, their neck. I mean, they don't care. So it's California. You have to be on drugs. You have to be high to live there. I've spent a lot of time there and it is, you got to be high. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, who the hell is running that state? I, I mean, it, it is just so mind blowing to me that they just let people shoot up whatever they want in their arms. They don't care. And no one does anything. And they think that they are somehow helping these people by letting them just, you know, mix heroin and shrink. And I, it's whatever, guys. I don't know what's going on, but I do think America is going to hell. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but the numbers are going up. The homeless numbers are going up. So whatever they're doing is not working, but I don't live there. So, you know, it's really not my problem. But I don't think it's right what they're doing with the, the algebra. That's, that seems crazy. I mean, you would think there would have to be like a federal law that would step in and say, no, wait, the rest of the country, their students are allowed to take algebra in eighth grade. So you're holding your students back. I mean, that's going to be a, that's who made that up? You guys, California, I'm sorry. You need to get your shit together because that just doesn't even make sense. So I don't know. I don't know.
But one thing I think we all can agree on is America has a drug problem. Major, big time. Everybody's on drugs. Everybody. I mean, the kids, they give kids like 60 milligram Adderall. Could you imagine? I mean, if you've never taken Adderall, which I have, I mean, I've taken 10 milligram Adderall. So I 60 milligram Adderall. I can assure you, nobody, especially a child, needs 60 milligram Adderall. Okay? It is insane. And I don't know what kind of entertainment you guys are into or what you watch when you're bored, but um I I'm a huge nerd. I don't, I, I don't, I'm really bad, guys. I, uh, when I was a kid, what I wanted to, I grew up in Florida, and all I wanted to do was be, uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist and a shark conservationist. And the, I was, I mean, I was saying this when I was like three, okay, or four. I was obsessed with sharks. I was obsessed with the ocean, even before I moved to Florida, all right? I don't know why. I'm just weird like that, okay? So I'm kind of like autistic when it comes to sharks. I know a lot about sharks. I was, it was my dream. And I got to go to the Keys a lot. I got to snorkel. I got to swim with a lot of sharks. I, anyways, so I watch Shark Week. Still as an adult, I will watch Shark Week. And Guys, the sharks are addicted to cocaine. It's a huge problem. And, okay, I don't know if you guys watched it, the episode of car- Cocaine Shark, but I can actually speak a little bit about this. Everything that they say is true, like times a thousand. I mean, fishermen have been watching sharks bite into the big bales of cocaine that get dropped from either planes or or other boats will just unload it so they don't get caught, or sometimes it's just they dump it so other smugglers can come get it. And of course, they don't get all the bales, you know? So this has been going on for decades, all right? I mean, fishermen have been witnessing it, and because I would go to the Keys all the time, I would go to sea camp, and uh, I know this is true because I think it was my eighth grade year, we would go, I don't know if you guys are familiar with mangroves, but basically it's like a nursery, okay? So there are these trees and they're in this brackish, muckish water. It's salt water. And the leaves fall down from the trees and they like decompose at the bottom of, it's like kind of shallow. It's not very deep. And it just creates the, uh, it is the grossest smell ever, okay? But we would, our, my science teacher, we would play capture the flag and you didn't have, he didn't make you play because it's gross and you'd have to put all this like muck all over your body in order to win. And my science teacher was nuts. But, um, anyways, that particular year we had to have a, like a meeting before and our counselors, the, they're like, they're legit marine biologists. This is what they do. And they're like, hey, guys, if you find any bales of cocaine, don't touch it because a bunch of them are washing up in the mangroves. And we don't know what's going on right now, but it's usually not. It happens, but there's the numbers are really high. We're getting a bunch of them right now. And so, of course, like we're like all excited about it, you know, because we're kids. And then we started talking about how some of the bales are they have huge chunks bitten out like the cocaine's gone they're just getting like the you know edges of it and there's shark teeth 
bites all over them. And it was uh, it was happening frequently. So they were just talking about how the sharks were high on cocaine. So and this has been going on for decades. OK, so if you watch the episode and here's the thing, this has been going on for a while, but you got to think about science and the way science works. And, you know, you can't just come out and say, hey, guys, the sharks are biting into the cocaine bales and this has been going on for decades. So we know the sharks are kind of addicted to cocaine because anyone that you don't anyone who does, even if you do a line of coke, you're going to remember it and you may or may not want to do it again. You can't get addicted to cocaine from doing it just a couple times. That's not really how addiction works. Um, but sharks aren't people. I mean, we have a lot of the same, we have the same chemicals in our brain. We have dopamine and serotonin and this reward center, but they don't have consciousness. So they're not aware when they get the rush of dopamine that this particular bite is cocaine and not food. They don't have that processing. Okay. They're just getting the reward and you know, they're cold blooded killers. They're fish. So they just swim to whatever is going to reward them. All right. Get it. That's how it works. So they did a study. Um, uh, they, oh, they did a study where they took these fake bales of cocaine because they can't get the FDA and the DEA. They're not going to give the marine biologists real cocaine to test on the sharks. I don't know why, but in the UK they do. They test it all on, you know, salmon and a bunch of their fish population because they have the same problems we do. See, we pee, we piss, we piss out everything we put in our body and it ends up in the waterways and or the sewers. And sometimes for some odd reason, sewers, I guess, are getting into rivers and lakes and the ocean, which it's not supposed to be like that. So I'm not really sure how it's happening. But anyways, the fish are addicted to coke and meth and all kinds of weird stuff that we put in the water and all the birth control. So, you know, they're they're growing penises and, you know, they're just like us. They're they're evolving just like the rest of us. They're right on time, guys. But anyways, studying this type of stuff in America is a little different than studying it in the UK. All right. So anyways, so what they did was they took these fake bales of coke. They made them look just like the stuff that gets dropped from the planes or the boats. And then they took pelicans, which would be a lot of these sharks prey and they put the fake pelicans in the water and then you know they waited for the sharks to show up and of course there's sharks everywhere and florida off the coast i mean there it's awesome guys if you're into sharks go to florida okay um lots of sharks and i think it's a shark bite capital of the world think about it. it is the shark bite capital of the world and that's where all the cocaine comes in and that's all coming from colombia 92 percent of the cocaine done in america is from um, Colombia. And yeah, anyway, well, I don't want to get into all those details, but I don't know how many, it's like 700 metric tons of cocaine makes it into America. So I don't know how much actually ends up in the ocean, but it's a lot, okay? So the sharks, when you do the test with the bales of cocaine and their fake prey, the sharks, all of them, the lemon sharks, the, the reef sharks, the um, tiger sharks, all, they will ignore their prey and they will go straight for the bales of cocaine every time, all of them. And every time, they won't even acknowledge their prey. So they prefer the cocaine to their food, okay? 
And then they went and they repeated the study, but this time they dropped the bales of cocaine out of plane. So it makes this huge, like it's a very distinguished sound. And sharks have really good, I don't, it wouldn't be here. They sense it, like it's a vibration. So they, you know, they're gonna know that sound, all right? So they immediately, dozens and dozens, they come from everywhere. There's lemon sharks, there's nurse sharks, there's black tips, hammerheads, tiger sharks, they're all there. And they just rip into these fake bales of cocaine, all right? Um, so that's what's going on, folks. And this has been going on for decades. And, you know, you're never going to get a definitive answer as far as sharks having a preference for the taste of cocaine. But if you've done cocaine, you know, you get it. If there's cocaine in the water and the sharks have already tried the cocaine, they're going to smell it or sense it and they're going to go straight for it. Okay. So what's happening is there's an increase of shark bites. And this has been going on now for, I don't know, a few decades where we'll have huge spikes and um, what they're not telling you is that everyone in the country is on cocaine, especially in Florida, okay? So people pee in the water, and there's cocaine in their pee, and the sharks smell the cocaine from miles away because they're sharks. I mean, they can smell a drop of blood, and I don't know how many Olympic-sized gallons of water. They can do the same damn thing with cocaine. So it's bringing them to shore. Only when they get there, there's no cocaine. It's just a bunch of swimmers, and they're all agitated. So they're ripping into the swimmers, expecting there to be cocaine, but there's no cocaine. So that's what's going on, folks. And, you know, they can't be honest and tell us because it would destroy tourism. And, you know, and then you'd have every like redneck at the beach, their guns ready to shoot cocaine sharks. So anyways, that's what's going on. And, you know, baby shark, if you're not familiar with the mangroves, it's a nursery of baby dolphins and baby sharks. So baby shark as a crack baby. OK, so that's what you're having your child's themed birthday party for a crack baby, a crack baby shark. So anyways, guys, that's America for you. The, the, we have a problem, okay? When the sharks are addicted to cocaine, you know, there's a problem and we should probably address it. But we're not going to because I don't know. I don't, I don't know why we let all these drugs come in. It's crazy. But I do know, well, Colombia gets the, the country, I mean, their government gets taxes from all the cocoa leaves. So, you know, if the cocaine workers didn't have the demand for cocaine. They wouldn't have jobs and they'd come here and work at Amazon. So, you know, it's, I don't know what's going on, but it's a revolving door of shit. Do you get it? Anyways. So, but the fentanyl, we need to stop the fentanyl because that is a huge problem. Um, I mean, cocaine's a party drug. If you want to be a loser and do crack, I mean, what are you going to do? How do you stop a crackhead? They're addicts. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess you can be an addict with coke, but it's, I don't know. I've never done crack. I don't know. I, I've tried cocaine. Yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. It's nothing that I really got into, but I've, I've never tried crack. But um, the fentanyl, and there's a lot of mis... I guess... Because I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm weird. I'm a nerd. I have no life. And, um, you know, I'm a burner. Like, I'll go to Burning Man. I'm trying... I hate having to look at myself in this stupid phone. Anyways, um... So when I heard people were ODing on cocaine because there's fentanyl in it, like I'm not, I don't do, I don't really do drugs. I work out. I, you know, I, I, I like to work out. I like to be active. I like to read. I'm not like, I'm not a partier. I don't like going to the bars, you know, but, uh, 
you know, I'll, I like to go camping and maybe take shrooms or acid, you know. So uh, just being around that type of stuff, especially going to Burning Man or some type of burner event, you know, cocaine does find its way in there. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie and say that there hasn't been times when, you know, there's a thunderstorm coming in and I got to throw my tent together before everything gets drenched that I wouldn't be like, hey, yeah, I'll take a bump of that really quick. You know, I drove all night and now I'm going to storm, you know, and there's everyone's on shrooms so no one can help me. You know, those situations happen. And that's kind of what the drug is for, I think. Anyways, um, but when I read that people were dying in ODing because of fentanyl, I I'm thinking, who the hell would cut? I didn't. I had never even heard of fentanyl, so I had to find out what that was. And I was like, holy shit! And then I found out it was coming from China, and China sells it to the the Mexicans, and the Mexicans they're the ones smuggling it in. And I was thinking, oh my god, China is trying to get rid of all the young people. They're definitely. I like the conspiracy theories, guys. Okay, was that? Did I do another conspiracy theory earlier? Any, anyways, um. That's my conspiracy theory. I think I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't find out in another 200 years in the history books, if we make it that long. I doubt it because, I mean, the sharks are addicted to Coke, so we got a problem. But um, if we do make it that far, I wouldn't be surprised if the kids aren't learning about how the Chinese, like the British did to them, got a whole entire generation addicted to not opium, but fentanyl, something highly more addictive and more deadly. So... Um, anyways, but that, anyway, so that's my conspiracy theory, but they're not, the people aren't cutting the Coke with, um, the fentanyl. What happens is it's all being made in Mexico and they use these big bowls when they like mix it up and cook it. And because the demand's so high, no one, like when they make the Coke, um, which what's weird because all the Coke is coming, that's the most of the Coke comes from. Columbia. So maybe I was, I was just watching Vice News. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Vice News might be wrong because they said that it was they weren't cleaning out the bowls. So what was happening was the leftover fentanyl was there was being traces, you know, when they would go make the Coke. So maybe that doesn't make sense because all the Coke comes from Colombia. So I don't. But I think Mexico does have some cocoa plants. But anyways, that's what they said was going on. But now that I'm talking about it it doesn't make sense but anyways there's fentanyl on the coke we don't know how it's getting there um but it's a problem so i don't see how we can't stop the fentanyl i mean who the hell would want to do that anyways have you seen these people when they do it like on the streets i mean they just they're just hunched over so i and now they're mixing it with tranquilizer so guys we get it america is a shit show and we argue about the dumbest stuff and, you know, really the problem is that by the time these people are on the streets, homeless, shooting fentanyl and trank in their arms, I mean, they're, they're helpless. They're hopeless. They're, you're not going to help these people. If you want to stop the, the homeless problem and this addiction problem, stop giving them Narcan. Seriously, stop. I know it sounds harsh. It sounds so bad, guys, but that's the only way you're going to stop it. 
because these people they have built up such a tolerance that they're not they're not gonna die they're mixing fentanyl and tranquilizer okay and they wake up the next morning i don't even know if these people sleep but anyway it's just continuous they don't stop they don't care they have no incentive to stop because you give them clothing you give them food they get free drugs they get free needles i mean you you should have to work a little bit harder to get the needles at least or something so i i know it sounds harsh but the only way is just to stop giving them narcan because those people are so far gone and listen if you if you i i did a i was watching some of the youtube videos where people go down to like the Tenderloin in San Francisco. And I've been all through LA and I, I would talk to the homes because they will talk to you. I mean, they're kooky and they're all on drugs and they are all on drugs. They're not, if, screw the mental illness. That's such a small percentage. And yeah, if you're doing those type of drugs, your brain's fried anyway. I mean, they've been doing this for years, okay? You don't end up homeless just overnight, okay? It's not like, oh, you know, my I missed rent one time and now I'm out on the streets. No, this is a progression thing this has been going on for several years for these people okay and they're addicted to drugs all right that is the problem it's a drug problem it's not a it's not an economy problem but um yeah so they were doing a bunch of interviews with people and then also in uh philadelphia kensington avenue avenue where it's an open drug market you can do whatever you want it's a total shit show they would go and they would talk to some of these people and uh, a lot of them, they would talk to the younger ones, not the ones that have been there for years. But a lot of these young kids, they were like wards of the state. So they, I mean, they just didn't, they were screwed from the get-go. And how do you help these people? Even if you got them clean, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have any family. So, I mean... It sounds bad, but I mean, I guess try to help the ones you can, but really you got to stop reviving them because most of them have been revived five or six times. This is ridiculous. And then they just go and they do it again and we supply them the needles. Okay. So it is a huge, huge waste of resources and tax dollars. I mean, somebody help me. Are you kidding me? I, I I'm so sick of hearing, let me get a drink of water. I mean, I am so sick of hearing people complain about how hard their life is or you'll have all these, I don't know what these people do. They, you know, they talk about like the, how bad these, these homeless people, how horrible lives they had and how we had to feel sorry for them and uh, whatever. Cry me a river, okay? Do you know how many people in this country have had shitty lives? A lot. I mean, please, some, can somebody give me, hook me up with some clothing? Because let me tell you something. If, if you start out life with nothing, you end with nothing, okay? You really, there is no catching up in life. You don't catch up in life, okay? It's very rare. I mean, Oprah, Oprah did, but we already established she's doing the virgin blood, okay? I mean, Oprah caught up. But most people, they just don't. It's so rare because my life was shit. Okay. I was one of those people that should have never been born. All right. My mom was a prostitute. 
I'll, we'll say escort. I mean, she was an escort. She wasn't out walking the streets. My dad was in a biker gang. There were lots of drugs. Okay. I should have never been born. My mom's mom was an alcoholic. So my mom was screwed up. She had borderline personality disorder. So she would beat the shit out of me all the time. She was also addicted to volume because my sister died in a car wreck when she was 19. And that really made my mom crazy. So by the time I was a senior in high school, I was on my own. I had to move out of my house because I I got tired of going to school with black eyes and welts all over my legs. So I had to move in with my half-sister on my dad's side. And I had to start stripping in high school just to support myself because there were so many losers living in my sister's house. Oh, my God. she had My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he was an alcoholic, too. So I hate drunks. There is nothing more in this world I hate than a drunk. It is so gross. Ugh. And my dad was kind of like an alcoholic, too. And I'm allergic to alcohol, so I guess I have that going for me. I really can't drink at all. Um, but uh, my he got my my sister's husband. He got diagnosed with testicular cancer when I was there because he works on all the natural pipelines. You know, the natural gas causes cancer, guys. So be careful. Anyways, so he was sick, and then my sister's half brother from her mom's side had to move in because he just got out of prison because he was boosting stereos. I don't know. I probably support a drug habit. I don't know. And then my cousin, our cousin, was there because he burned up in a fire when he was little. I mean, bad guys. Like he basically he almost died and he was burnt over 90% of his it was bad and it was even it was so bad because he was so attractive I don't know if you can say if you can call your cousin attractive but he was extremely attractive and it's it was it was so sad and he was so funny too and, you know, for being, I mean, completely destroyed, I mean, he did, he would still date pretty girls. And I still, I never understood that. I mean, college graduates. And I I don't, maybe he had a big dick. Maybe it was big dick energy. Or I don't, maybe it was the painkillers. Because he was on painkillers because, you know, he had to spend his whole life getting skin grafts. And he was hooked up to breathing machines. And it was so annoying because I, I had to share a room with him. And it was so loud. And, you know, you miss the breathing machines when they die because, you know, that's, that's what happens when you take opioids, you will die. But he needed them and it's sad. And then she had to kick her brother out because he was stealing my brother-in-law's painkillers. And, you know, I was just being a stripper because I had to go to college and then I had to I had to go to court. I had to go to court to prove how much of a loser I was and how much big losers my parents were, these useless losers that my parents were so I could get financial aid to go to college. Because you see, when you fill out your financial aid form, you have to put your parents' income. But if you don't have parents, you have to prove that your parents are losers and you're a loser and you need the state to give you money. So, I mean, life sucks, guys. Suck it up and quit your bitching. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, uh, and my, oh my God. And then I know people talk about, well, you know, a lot of these people, these kids on the street, they've been doing drugs since they were, you know, 13 or 14 because their parents and all the people that they lived with did drugs. And yeah, you know what? My dad, my dad's house was, was an acid house. Okay. The cops busted my dad's house when I don't know, I was little, I wasn't there, but my sister was there and his girlfriend sold acid to an undercover cop. And like cops don't have anything better to do than bother some 18 year old that is selling 
acid out of some guy's house. But anyways, when the cops busted in, my sister grabbed the acid and whatever other drugs were laying around, and she shoved it in the sherbet, the ice cream in the freezer. Cops never found it. So there was no one really got in trouble, just my dad's girlfriend for selling those two hits of acid to an undercover cop. But um, and it was so wrong, too, because it's such a small town, and everyone knew who my dad was. He was in a biker gang, so it was total profiling. It was bullshit. But he didn't get in trouble because my sister shoved the drugs in the ice cream, so they never found it because <laughs> cops are stupid. But anyways, and I didn't end up doing drugs. I mean, I've, I'm, I'll smoke weed and take psychedelics, but everybody does that now, okay? That's like the in thing. Celebrities spend big bucks to go on those retreats. But um, no, and you know, and it, there, it's not addicting because the first time I did acid, I was four. Not on purpose. I was at my dad's and he had a different girlfriend. This was predates the girlfriend that sold the acid to the cops but anyways she had a little boy I can I can talk about him because he's dead now I think a drug overdose or something you know anyways so he his name was Ryan I think it was Ryan maybe it wasn't let me think anyway I think it was Ryan but anyways we I don't know how it happened we apparently got into my dad's acid and one morning it was the coolest morning I'll never forget it we snuck out of our bedroom window. We were tripping on acid, but we didn't know we were tripping on acid because we were kids. So I don't even know. I can't even remember what it would have been on that somehow we got into. But we were in the alley and it was glitter everywhere. It was glitter and it was sparkly. And the alley had like a bunch of like gravel or dirt, but the dirt was like colored. So like we we like painted each other with the the you know the dirt in the alley because we thought it was like pink and blue and but it wasn't I mean maybe it had a little tint to it but we didn't care we were just tripping our balls off so I was four so whatever things happen you know and I didn't end up on the streets okay I had a hard life so I mean would somebody help me please because I'm telling you right now you don't catch up in life but anyways, I don't know what's going on, I, but I'm, I'm sick of listening to people bitch and complain about how horrible their life is, okay? Suck it up, people. But, um, and listen, and being around, growing up with all the stuff that I, I grew up around, um, you know, you get used to seeing crazy people. And, and that's the one, that is the one thing that I, I can say that I, I could take away from my crazy childhood is I can spot a crazy person, a weirdo, a mile away. Like I know instantly, like if this person is trouble, like, and I just, I just don't have any room for craziness in my life because when you start at the bottom, you really can't screw up because just a tiny screw up. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge risk. I mean, it could totally destroy your life because you don't have time or money or finances or a support system to have a slip up okay it's catastrophic so that's my thing I can spot a crazy person miles away and I, I was at I was at a mic not too long ago and I was sitting by myself minding my own business and uh I could see a lady come in and I could tell instantly she was nuts. She was off her rockers, but not, not like mean, crazy. She was just crazy. She's the type of person that likes drama and will create drama. You know, those women, I guess there's men like that too, but 
it's usually women and they'll they'll approach you like they're your best friend and they want to help you and they really like you and all you know but it's a lie these people are nuts they're just looking for drama they thrive off of it they feed they need it to survive okay so I instantly I could tell as soon as she walked in and she made eye contact with me and her eyes got really big like she knew me but I don't know this chick and I'm thinking oh boy here we go and she runs up and she's like could you save the table that just opened up in front of you so I can go get my friends and I don't want to, I don't want to save a table for somebody. And I'm like, listen, I, I would love to help you out with your table real estate, okay? But um, what's in it for me, lady? I mean, am I going to get some interest for like saving this table for you? You know, when there's going to be a band getting ready to start? I mean, uh, what if, what if a bunch of rich guys want to sit there and I tell them no? And listen, I, I differentiate between rich guys and just regular guys, because life is an algebra equation, okay? So if a bunch of rich guys want to sit there and I tell them no, I could have just missed out on a trip somewhere. And that's also the two groups that I put men into. Those that look like they can take me on a trip somewhere and those that don't. And to the ones that can take me somewhere on vacation, I am at your service. I mean, you like anal? You're in. I just don't want to go anywhere cold. I'm more of sitting on the beach somewhere with a mojito in one hand and a dick in the other. You know, it's like a fun dip. It's like your childhood, you know, like the first time you did acid, okay? It's that type of uh, nostalgia that I like, okay? Anyways, like, follow, subscribe.